AFTO Priorities with Ernest Julian. So what we're going to do is that we're going to come up with short-term, mid-term, and long-term objectives. On the short-term, hepatitis A is, is rampant right now in parts of the country. You've got over 4,500 cases in Kentucky, over 2,000 cases in Florida. So uh, we're talking about in the next month having a webinar on hepatitis A and say, okay, what do you do? Uh, it's primarily been in the homeless and in the drug users and the gay male population. Well, some of them work in the food environment. Uh, so if you've got an employee who comes in with yellow skin, yellow eyes, get them to a doctor. Emphasizing no hand contact, emphasizing uh, uh, excellent hand washing. If you've got a worker who's positive for hepatitis A, what do you do? So getting some guidance to the state and to the industry. And I just talked to Mick Miklos from uh, the Restaurant Association about you know having them invited, having this food store association invited, dealing with uh, emerging threats right now. What are the urgent priorities? It's, uh, right now, hepatitis A is high on the list. Uh, developing a plan for um, other emerging threats, Kratom. Uh, we've got our uh, pharmacist who's telling me we've had five deaths that have had Kratom in the system. Well, did Kratom kill them or was it just a byproduct? Um, we know there have been salmonella outbreaks associated with that. So coordinating efforts, you know, what are the emerging threats? Uh, right now, uh, emerging issue that's taking up a lot of time for everybody is cannabis and CBD. Our pharmacist is also telling me, well, CBD is generally innocuous, but if you're taking certain medications, it can destroy your liver. Well, what are those medications? I've got two pharmacy students and a pharmacist uh, working on that. We've got the CBD, uh, the Cannabis Committee, uh, looking at that to say, come up with fact sheets to say, all right, here's what the actual threats are, here are the areas of research needs. Getting that on the website so that people have information to deal with emerging threats. Are threats limited to food? So, so the first thing I'm looking at is what are the threats, you know, in, in each of the areas. What are the things that we're most concerned about that are going to impact illness? Uh, I mentioned cannabis, uh, well, all right, concerns about if you're on certain medications. Uh, developing a surveillance system, and I talked to somebody from CDC this morning saying, all right, we really don't have a surveillance system for cannabis or for CBD. Uh, a lot of calls are going into poison control centers. Well, okay, let's, what kind of calls are coming in? What kind of adverse reactions are happening? Let's get the science. Let's find out what's happening and then what are appropriate controls to keep that from happening. Uh, ages ago, I remember seeing something about, uh, you know, if you're with body art and those kind of things, um, you know, appropriate uh, tattoo inks, you know, that are used, that you're going to have an adverse reaction. Uh, you don't have issues with hepatitis C from improperly cleaned equipment. You know, what are the actual threats? Uh, to what extent they're a threat? And then what are the appropriate controls? Um, I was at CDC a month and a half ago. We were talking about antibiotic resistance on World Food Safety Day. They talked about 700,000 deaths worldwide per year from antibiotic-resistant pathogens. Uh, in the food area, to what extent are animal feeds leading to antibi antibiotic-resistant illnesses in people? Uh, so we've had two calls already with CDC and FDA. Uh, with CDC, we have identified five pathogens of concern, Salmonella infantis, Salmonella I4512I-, Salmonella redding, I mean, there's a number of them, and said, okay, here are pathogens of concern. Have they been found in animal feed? And if so, well, where is it coming from? Taking action on it. We know people are getting sick from Salmonella and Campylobacter and uh, um, from chicken livers, pâtés in restaurants. We've had three outbreaks in Rhode Island. There have been at least 24 outbreaks nationally. It's an undercooked food, focusing on those places and coming up with a process that reduces illness and yet you still have a palatable product. 
um, and looking at other things to say, all right, very targeted efforts that we know are causing uh, towards things that we know are causing illness. How will you be communicating with members? Um, basically the webinars, like I talked about with Hepatitis A. We need to be using this kind of an approach. We need to be using the newsletter. Uh, we need to be using, you know, blast emails to people. And so right now with each of these objectives, once we d determine with Hepatitis A, for example, if we're going to do a webinar, make sure the proper people are on or involved. Uh, inviting not just the regulators, but involving in, as I did this morning, the Restaurant Association, the Food Store Association, uh, so that we can push that information out through their networks in addition to ours. What is the overall goal? I think the goal this year is uh, making a difference, and, and making a difference in reducing illnesses. Um, so very targeted efforts and say, all right, we're trying to reduce E. coli, Listeria, Salmonella, all of those. Um, and working on the plan, short, mid, and long term. So I think that's, that's really going to be the focus of this entire year. And some of that's going to, going to evolve as the year comes up. If there's an emerging threat, one of the things we talked about is um, with um, leafy greens, romaine lettuce last year, it killed five people. It um, put, uh, I think the case count was 236 with 30 in the hospital. Um, before, during April of this year, what I said is, all right, you're at a year anniversary of that. You had contaminated water. You had 100,000 cattle next to the irrigation water used on the lettuce. So let's test having the states test that. Uh, right now, there's, uh, there have been issues with um, foods that may be causing illness instead of just you know, you're doing the epi investigation. Well, let's go out and pick up a sample. Um, this um, month and a half ago, there were outbreaks. There was uh, an outbreak going on national, nationally with um, STEC 026. Uh, we had one case in Rhode Island. There have been illnesses since December, and our case was in April. Our person ate um, cookie batter uh, working in a bakery. I said, go out and pick up a sample. We picked up one bag of flour and found the source of the outbreak. Um, those kind of things, all the states should go out and pick up suspect foods, and now we're likely to find it quicker. And instead of the outbreak going on five to six months, let's evaluate the suspect foods. Let's go out and pick up samples, uh, all the states, and we're much more likely to find the source and eliminate it quickly and prevent additional illnesses and deaths. How can working together accelerate success? You know, one of the things that's become clear to me after 30 years in the private sector and now you know, six months in the public sector is that the private sector has done a lot to advance food safety. I've seen it over the years. They should. They're ultimately responsible for food safety, protecting the consumers or customers that are buying their products and shopping in their stores. Now that I've been on this side of the fence, one of the things I've seen is that the public sector does a tremendous amount of good in advancing food safety. I've seen over the past six months that the agency working with local and federal officials are preventing illnesses, preventing hospitalizations, and preventing deaths, no question. But what has become crystal clear to me over the past six months is that there's so much more we can do working together. And it's this idea that alone we can do so little, but together we can do so much. And so I'm encouraged by the signs of collaboration, you know, at the local level, at the federal level, you know, across public and private lines. We just need to continue on with that collaboration. Americans expect it of us, and so it's time to get on with that work. And it's a real honor and privilege to be part of AFTA in that mission. For more information, visit www.afdo.org.